Obviously, you pick the three debutants. Connor Downey doesn't get a run in the end. How does this sit with you in terms of philosophically a guy not playing his debut? Here's Clarko's response. back two blokes with a witty and insightful take on our great game we've seen it round one is done and completed a fantastic return of, of football over the weekend lots of results to discuss seb how are you traveling mate i'm fantastic tom got down to marvel stadium and joined one of the other eight people that was lost watching north melbourne uh, struggle against port adelaide but i can tell you firsthand it is so good to go back to the football yeah, you, the traditional, obviously, the, the ride in and, and the crowds forming. Yeah, just... Well, just, yeah, we didn't have the crowd forming, I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> having the siren go and just having seen the players out there. And it was funny, there was only 13,000. You could actually hear the players out on the ground because it would go silent at times. And you could see, you know, you can see things develop before they actually develop. You're not relying on the camera. Um, you know, I was just watching it. And I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing I learned. Now, if you've been to the football before, especially with, let's say, your parents or an older generation, they often, over time, they, they haven't quite understood the game as it's evolved. No disrespect to them, but there's always someone, and even if you haven't been to the football with these people, you hear them, just kick it! Oh, kick the bloody thing! <laughs> now, yep. when they do it at home, it's one thing, but at the game and I did this to my old man a couple of times, he'd yell, kick it, and I'd just point down the other end because you had Aaliyah Aaliyah sitting there on his own. Yeah, we had no forward presence. Like, Larky's sort of ready, not quite ready, really a number two forward. Zerhar's been drinking his own bath water, <laughs> and we just had nothing. Like, we had nothing up there, and, and poor Jack Mahoney at one stage, instead of kicking it directly to Port, stopped, looked inside, kicked it, but... Mr. Target went to Port and they went and got a goal. Gee, everyone was critical of him, but if you watch, I could actually watch it develop and go, "Yep, yeah, no, he's actually done, made the right decision. Terrible execution. Like you've got to be able to separate." And that was just, that was just one of the things I enjoyed from sitting at the footy in the tenth row, but in the the spiritual twelfth row. Yeah, taking it in. I, and I know at games you do like to find a usually an opposition fan and, and banter with them. Did you did you find someone a couple of rows in front or behind? or? No, no, there weren't many there. No, um, no. I got the umpire pretty good. Uh, they... It, <laughs> oh, like, so it's good to be back. <laughs> well, it was a nice, you know, the roof was shut, so it didn't matter how much rain there was outside. Conditions were perfect for football, but they couldn't get a bounce right. Uh, is it is it Matty Nichols, the ball bloke? Yeah, no, I think that's right. Yeah, couldn't. Nah, he, he's done. He can't bounce it. He, he <laughs> he's cannot be called it in round one. Yeah, no, he actually he tried, and then he tried again, and for like he bounced it, recalled it, threw it up. Next goal, bounced it, recalled it, threw it up. And at that point, when he got up there the third time, I said, "Just throw it up." And he actually he probably did. heard you. He, he gave up. <laughs> he gave up on the bounce because he couldn't get it right. So. I like to think I had some sort of influence, but uh, no, nah, it was it was just fantastic to get back. No, nah, that sounds good, mate. I'm going to join you on that front. Already got tickets sorted for uh, Saturday's game, so I'm looking forward to that as well. But look, let, let's get straight into it. Off the top, and this is reasonably hot off the press uh, tonight, 
it's the big news really out of the round, uh, and that game's just grabbing headlines as just an outlier of a result. The Cats getting done by Adelaide, and, and Paddy Dangerfield's got himself into some hot water. Yeah, three weeks for the Danger Show. Uh, look, I could see what he was thinking at the time, but the head is sacrosanct, and I think everyone knew he was going to go. It was just a question of how many weeks. Um, I'm not sure why Michael Christian can't decide these as the MRO, um, but look, chose to bump. That is now crystal clear. If you choose to bump, you have to wear the consequences, and got three weeks for it. Yeah, look, I, look. When I I saw the incident, caught it a bit later on. Um, yeah, thought it was maybe a, a two weeker. So three is probably at the excessive end for that one. But again, I guess. Jake Kelly came off really badly from that one. Broken nose to go with the concussion. I know he hit the deck pretty hard, so that probably played a role, but he was he was out cold, obviously, before that. But, um, yeah, look, it, it was at the larger end. I guess the AFL's just, they've made, if they're going to make a statement, make it with one of the top players in the comp. And, look, I don't actually think the bump is dead, but it's just fraught with so much risk that you almost wouldn't just do it as a player just to avoid that risk. You know, danger could have got him shoulder to shoulder and it's just a good little bit of play, but slipped up, hit him in the face, cop, you know, well, there was a you know, head-on-head contact and, and he's knocked out cold and now he's three weeks on the sideline. So that fine line is just going to play in players' heads and, you know, you can bump shoulder to shoulder is fine, but that risk... Surely that's getting into players and coaches' thinkings, so I would imagine. I'd say the bump is dead. You're happy um, to say it's dead? Yep, you can. It may still be in the game for a few more years, but it's like if you had a big tree that was dead. Like, it's still going to sit around and be there, but it's going away, and you can see it's dead. Um, <laughs> this one for the, the gardeners out there. <laughs> the green thumbs. Look, the reason I say that is... If you choose to bump, you have to wear the consequences. Now, why why would you choose to bump now? If you can get three weeks for... A, it was a fair hip and shoulder with incidental head contact. Now, the yeah, ruling no, no malice. Is, the I ruling that one, no. Yeah, no malice. The ruling that's been decided is if you choose to bump, it is foreseeable that you may have head-to-head contact and therefore you're responsible for it. So if I'm a coach, I'm telling players, do not bump, do not bump. Now... Where I take an issue with this is if a player gets rid of the ball and then tries to run on, you want them to go and impede them and block them. Like yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's natural and that's that's being coached into players, but now you can't go and block them too hard. Um I just think, I, where I think it was really harsh was he from the point of releasing the ball to getting bumped, he had all of one and a half seconds. And if you're a player with the ball, and I'm gonna flip this on you because people say danger had a duty of care. I'm going to say Kelly had a duty of care as well to look after himself. Now, you see a player charging at you and you wait till the very last second to handball it off because if you do it sooner, he may then charge at the other player. So you want to draw the player. He waited till the very last second to handball it off knowing he was going to wear some sort of hit and didn't protect himself. Because if he braces for the contact better, you won't have the head-on-head contact. And he waited till the last second. So... It's always going to be the player who instigates and, and bumps the other player, but um, I, I just in such a fast-paced game with all these things going on, all these different rules, and when you can move off the mark, and all this sort of stuff you got to keep in your head. And 
you know, you've got white line fever, you're playing on instinct, like he's bumped him, he's going to cop three weeks and he'll cop it, but uh, you've got to call the bump dead. So there's no, the players don't have to think if and or buts about it. You just, you don't bump. You're not going to get anything out just of it. Your bump is it. now, you're going to run and block them, but not bump them. You're just going to get in their way and put stick your arms out. The old, the old token shepherd is what you've got to do. You can't run into them fair and square anymore. It's too risky. Yeah, look, I'm really, I'm, I'm happy with that take. And look, again, it just highlights what we do with these cases that come up. I mean, we look at them in incredible detail, slow mo replays. We're talking about a little one point, yeah, one point five second sort of incident. It, yeah, it's a split decision. Yeah, it'll go back to the training and what you know the coaches and the the clubs are telling the players. But yeah, look, I'm, I'm happy to take you on there. Well, let, let's follow it throughout the year. But uh, R.I.P. to the bump. Now, I'll give you one more thing on this. I've got lots of thoughts today, Tom. We could probably no, record that's... a three-hour potty if we needed. <laughs> uh, Let's do it. We need to start punishing the action and not the outcome. So if Danger doesn't have the head contact, he gets off. And that's where it's fraught with Danger because the same thing will happen next week and the week after. And, and in every game, someone's going to get a big hit, but they get straight back up. And so, oh, we, we're not going to suspend him. It was a fair bump. There's no damage play on. You've got to start punishing the action. Like, Yeah, look, I, I understand that, but I guess I, I find it tricky on that side of it to, if you knock a bloke out cold, I, I guess, yeah, if you knock a bloke out cold uh, you, and walk free the next week, that sits wrongly for me. But then on the other side, I guess, if you're encouraging players not to bump at all, I mean, we're a contact sport, so I don't know... I don't know which way you take it, but either way, I think the fans and the game lose out. Well, if you want to protect the head and you're serious about it, you need to punish the action that's causing these. I, I saw some much more dangerous ones where the head was actually bumped, but these guys aren't getting concussed, so they're not getting any penalty for it. Um, but I just... Until they... It's black or white if you suspend pe- suspend people for running past the ball to deliver a bump. But it's not black or white if you suspend Dangerfield for this for three weeks. But let's just say, let's just say Caleb Daniel decided to run past the ball and try and run through uh, my man Oscar Allen. They play the, the West Coast this yeah, week, that's and, this week yep. and he runs in and he hits him pretty good. But there's no head high contact. He's done the exact same thing as Danger. Danger's knocked him out. Caleb hasn't managed to knock him out. What, like, it's black or white. They've both done the same thing, but because of the outcome. So we're throwing in luck. We're throwing in the, some players are more prone to concussion. Um, We're throwing in all these other elements. Whereas I think, I think it's more the, the action and not the outcome that should be the, 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 I guess the root or the, the, deciding factor in the punishment because i mean yeah, they, look, they've I, got this this whole uh you know you have the potential to cause injury as part of the tribunal which just means you can suspend everyone for what they do on a footy field everything can cause injury yeah i look I, i'm seeing what you're saying i guess i'm just struggling to just look at how we would deal with it i guess yeah you uh, players beyond the ball yes suspend them but i mean adjudicating you know it, it sometimes it's just not that clear so 
I just I find it hard to draw a line on ones where you know you you try and block that fully out of the game. I know I mean this one nine times out of ten is a clean block and we get on with the game. But then don't yeah, suspend it's, him. So you suspend him even for just a hard block. Is no, that... I'm I'm saying if we think nine times out of ten it's just a good block and and they're not getting concussed, then don't suspend him. It doesn't make any sense. He does the same thing as other people seven times a game, but he just got him really well and hit him hard. And danger at full pace is is a lot quicker than most. He's a three time grand final sprint winner, uh, so he he's hit him hard. And yeah, look, it it's I know it's a hard one and there's a lot of grey, which like a lot of the AFL rules, uh, there, there's a lot of grey in this. But I think three weeks is far too much for this, but. If they want to get serious about protecting the head, there's not just the bumps. It's it's pack marks. Like the Curtis Taylor for North Melbourne got knocked out because he copped a knee to the back of the head. There's a duty of care. If you're going out for a mark with your knee up, you know you're going to hurt someone. Like, yeah, true. I guess. And, and people how, say, how people you, say, how far do you take it? Well, like, the difference these are foundation was, things of the game. You Dangerfield know, wasn't. And... Dangerfield wasn't attacking the ball, whereas you can say the pack mark was. Well. Houston from Port, who jumped up and did it, he actually punched the ball away. So I say he wasn't trying to win the ball. He was trying to jump up and make a statement and hit someone. Um, but it, it, look, it's food for thought. The the MRO, the lottery strikes again. I can see this same thing happening, but not knocking him out so badly or, or hurting his nose and you get a week. Yeah, well, yeah, look, that is part of it too, is the severity. Look, yeah, like you said, just full areas of grey. I, I don't think, yeah, we shake our head. We've talked about it in many an app that we just can't seem to get a system that we're all happy with. I don't know if we'll ever be happy with it. I mean, yeah, you sort of go back to the different ones we've had and there's always something wrong. So, look, I don't think it's something you can perfect, uh, particularly with our game with so many factors, but look, I'm with you. I'm interested in exploring options to improve it. But yeah, look, I think we're going to have to sit on the fence in the grey, which seems uncomfortable. Yeah, no, I look, end of the day, I do 100% agree with you on that. Um, I'm just, I guess I'm spitballing ideas because the outrage over it and people wanting Danger get, to get suspended because he's a... Lots of different adjectives have been used to describe Paddy over the years, and if he's not on your team, you don't seem to like him that much. Um, I know you think he's a bit of a showman, uh, <laughs> to say, to put it bluntly. Uh, but look, let's move on because I reckon we spent just about as much time as the tribunal did, uh, yeah. did coming down with that uh, decision tonight. Uh, new rules: we've got lowered rotations, and we've got this man in the mark rule, and I guess the sub. The injury sub, or is it just the regular sub, depending yeah. on which way you slice it? They're all, they're all into the game. I would say overall across the nine games, and I openly admit I watched about six of them, so like to think of fair grasp. Uh, it was a roaring success. It yep. was high scoring. It was free flowing. Like even even the games that weren't that high scoring, the ball was moving one end to the other and back and forth. Um, my biggest criticism was the last. I've got here five to ten, but even fifteen minutes of the opening game and subsequent games, they started to get really sloppy. So out of rotations and players were very, very tired. Um, how did you see it unfold over the weekend? 
Yeah, so that's a, an interesting take because I actually found that that sort of sluggishness, um, you know, was mainly at, involved the MCG games for some reason. So, you know, the Tigers, Richmond, that, that was a slog at the end. Pies, Dogs, no excuses there for that low scoring game. That was a slog at the end. D's, Freo, that was a slog at the end. All at the G. I know I watched, obviously, the Saints game on the Sunday and the weather affected that one. There was obviously, the whole game was a slog, so you can't really say anything about those last five, ten minutes except great steal from the Saints to hold on there. Um, West Coast and, uh, you know, the Suns played over in absolutely perfect conditions and it was a bit of an arm wrestle. I wouldn't call it sluggish at the end there. I only really found it with the MCG game. So I don't know if there's something in there, maybe just something I've seen only personally. Um... You know, I, I guess that one, is it more on rotations or is it more on a lack of pre-season? You know, we, we saw a real... This is probably the most limited pre-season maybe ever. You know, we, we really haven't seen, you know, coming out of COVID and then we basically won match and a couple of invisible ones. So players are underdone and, and you, you know, you, you wandered out with me in a few prackies. You're blowing in that, that first game and the first game of the season. So uh, it does hit you more than most. Maybe, you know, we, we keep tabs on few of those teams, you know, your Richmonds and your Carltons, and, and just see how fit they are throughout the year, whether they're running out of, running out games. I mean, you've got to think as well, um, teams that went deeper obviously didn't have as big a preseason anyway, so theirs is even shorter. Um, with the other rules, look, I, I didn't mind. I, I, I didn't mind either of the other two, the sub and the uh, man on the mark, but there's just a couple of tweaks I'd make. I, I, I don't like... I'd, I like the, um, the stand on the mark given that it opens the game up and you really have those options either going real inside or real outside but I just didn't like the full look of players standing there doing nothing maybe they could at least jump on the spot or something <laughs> there were a few examples where players had looked like through no fault of their own like they just given up and the players just waltzed around that's not a great look for me um uh, I'd have them at least being able to just put some pressure, yeah, on the spot. Not your sort of zigging zag and east-west. Just at least be able to jump on the spot. And I think you I can think... jump up and down as long as you land in the same spot. I just think... oh, okay. Well, I, I haven't. I, think see, I didn't see any players are... doing that. I think they're so worried about if they jump and don't jump straight up. If they jump like you know three to six inches to the left by accident. They're going to get penalised with well, fifty. I guess, so, yeah, I, I think it's a, yeah. a thing from the clubs to say, "Hey, if you're on the mark, you stand there. You don't jump, because if the umpire thinks you've moved, it's fifty, and that's a goal." So, I don't uh, blame it for that because you wouldn't want to be the guy that went for the jump. You'd be on every wrong, you know, clanger video for the next week for doing that. So, I don't, I don't blame them there. And look, if if you're a sub and you don't come on, to me, I don't think you get a game on your record. I don't know if that's harsh or in your books, but, um, you know, you, you sort of, <laughs> I, I, it stuns me, you know, and Mason Wood for the Saints, he, he was one, obviously, you know, had the full gear on, ready to go at any stage, but didn't actually get, lay a foot on the green or wasn't officially in the 22 at any point. So it stuns me and not picking on Mason, there were other examples just, all over well, the comp but i was gonna say that's actually common for mason when he's not the sub <laughs> i was like i walked into that one mason is the example there um uh i can't i think the hawthorne bloke there um it wasn't yep. rockman downey i think it was downey he, he you know on, was on debut and he does he gets a game but didn't get anywhere near the green stuff so so um, of the players that were subbed out i think three are in the works to play this week 
Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, see, that's the other side of it too. That That's far school to me. I think, and they did it first up, I think it was the Tigers with Voston. That was your classic. He's just pulled up with a little cork and they got Jack Ross on for some legs and he actually blitzed it. I think he led the clearances from the point he came on. So, um, yeah, that that's the ugly side that we didn't want to see and we saw it in the first game. So, Yeah, it, look, it, Menangola was another one. Um, yeah. I don't mind. And um, look, North Melbourne used their, like, we subbed Aiden Quarter out, which is what's turned out to be turf toe. Um, but they could have, they said we had... Uh, Curtis Taylor get knocked out five minutes later, but we couldn't, obviously, we've already used our sub. They could have kept Core on in a limited role or played him in a different sort of role um, and got through the game to keep the rotations up, but because we'd used the sub, we couldn't switch it over. Um, I think the rule... I, I don't know why they've put the integrity... The way it's set up is they put question the integrity of the club doctors, which none of them are doing the wrong thing ever in terms of trying to look after the players, but it's just turned out that the AFL's decided it's got to be an injury sub. It can't be anything else. Why? It was initially talked about as a concussion sub. It's not that now. Why do we not just make it like the old sub rule and we've got an extra man on the bench? Or we just go back to if they get concussed or they get hurt, they don't play. <laughs> Although... It's basically like saying we we're literally clubs, going to have two days, you know, twenty-four hours out of the first bounce. We were playing with those rules, yeah. so yeah. It's saying to clubs and coaches, we don't trust you to look after your players if they get a serious injury. So we've asked you to. We've got this sub rule, so if it does happen, you can send them off. Except if you have two, sorry, you're going to have to risk it. It, it just it doesn't pass the sniff test to me, Tom. Um, but. Look, they've got the power to bring rules in on the eve of the season, which means they've got the power to change them now. <laughs> exactly. And what we've mentioned here are just slight tweaks on these rules. So, um, you know, the AFL has shown, you know, if Clarko says anything, they'll make a slight tweak in season. So I think there's a couple they can make uh, off the top here. Um, yeah, look, the the example with the to go back on, uh, you know, should you get a game or not, you get a premiership medal without even running around on the uh, on the ground that that stuns me or be, not being in the 22 at any point so that that's sort of the example with that one there so yeah that, there's a couple of things they can clean up there uh, what I want to do is actually uh, move on from that and and introduce uh, a new segment that we're uh, running after round one so you and I both uh, attended university obviously got a few different marks over the stretch some good some bad for both of us Um and we thought we'd, we'd put it on to uh, the games over the weekend. So we're going to go through each game. We're going to give teams uh, a ranking, either high distinction, distinction, a pass, a fail, or a see the course advisor. So not sure you want to be seeing the course advisor this early, but uh, yeah, a few different rankings there. So what, what about you, Seb? What do you think of uh, the Tigers and the Blues game just to kick us off with our uh, university rankings? Yeah, Richmond, a distinction. That was a good performance, a solid performance. Nothing, they're not rewriting the books, uh, but they definitely got the job done and flexed their muscles a little bit at the end of the game. I give Carlton a pass. No one expected them to win, but they did take it up to Richmond for sort of three and a half quarters. And if I dare I say, if not for a few... If iffy 
dodgy umpiring decisions, they could have been a lot closer and, and changed the end of that game. So I'd give them a pass. Yeah, look, hard to argue that. I'd actually give both teams a pass in that game. I dare I say it's a, almost a carbon copy of the game we saw last year. So they both did what they needed to do. Blues impressed us in patches but didn't get it done. Tigers didn't impress us but they got the job done. Uh, both passes for me in that game. Uh, Collingwood and the Bulldogs. Uh, dogs. I was going to give him a distinction, and I, th- I think I'll stick with that because that was a, it was an impressive performance. They need a forward line to take the next step, and I don't know where that forward line will be. Uh, Collingwood, I would give a fail. Uh, they were ultimately pretty poor, and they could have used one of Jaden Stevenson, Adam Trelaw, or Tom Phillips, you know, giving some <laughs> yeah. pace into the team, but move them on for salary cap reasons, I believe. Um, so I'd give Collingwood a fail. Yeah, interesting one there. Look, I'll give the Dogs a uh, a distinction just purely on their midfield Ooh. numbers alone. Geez, they uh, they absolutely racked it up. Bailey Smith, what a game! Uh, but the, all of their midfield—that's a query. Can they all get votes? You know, in the Brownlow, can they all get the same amount of ball? Well, they just racked it up. I think uh, even Lipinski had as much as Collingwood's leading possession getter Pendlebury. So um, on that one, I'll give them a distinction. Um, I'll give the uh, I'll actually give the pies a pass. I, I didn't expect a whole lot of them. The scoreboard probably flattered them, but they're only sort of three goals off a, a fairly decent side on the night. So that's a pass for me. Just fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Melbourne Fremantle at the the MCG. Uh, look, I'll give the D's a pass. Um, yep. Which which yeah, I'm I'm comfortable to to give them a pass. Look, they they showed flashes of brilliance. They also showed their wild inconsistency. A bit of bit of what we um have seen all well in out of Melbourne recently. Um, you know they they really showed some good signs. Yeah, like I said in patches, but um, nothing that sort of jumped right out that they're going to change at this point. Only round one. Um, and I feel harsh because I you know I'm I'm like you. I don't mind Freo, but I'm going to give them a I'm going to give them a fail. I I didn't like their, uh, you know, their midfield played fantastically, but, geez, their inside 50 ball game, particularly with uh, Walters missing, it just lacked. They just looked a mess going forward. They just didn't look at any stage, even if they were a couple of kicks behind Freo, that they were going to string a huge lot of goals together. So I didn't like what I saw out of the Dockers. I'm giving them a fail. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Pass for Melbourne and fail for the Dockers for more or less the same reasons. All right, we head over to Adelaide. What it, this? This is the this the writes big itself, game. doesn't it? This is Adelaide. Do get a high distinction? Yeah, finishing I'm last that. last year and knocking off Geelong. Is this uh, probably the best win they've had since they beat the Cats in the 2017 prelim? prelim. I think the Crows. Yep. That was a huge upset. Yep, yep. I'd definitely say that. Uh, and I'd give Geelong a see the coordinator, and that is a genuine. <laughs> they are off to lads. the coordinator. Pull your socks up. You're far better than this. If we see this crap again, you won't be winning the flag. Uh, so, yeah. Jeez, I, I think that writes itself, that. though. Happy to go with that. Dawn's Hawks, uh, in, uh, just a real... I mean, how many games can you see in the one game? Obviously, eight goals um, in a quarter for both sides. Um, just to go back to my stats, I actually found out Essendon under Warsfold never kicked eight goals in a quarter. And they did it in that second under Rutten, first up. But obviously that third term haunted them. Uh, what, what are you giving here? Uh, I'd give Essendon a fail because 
that's really more or less what they did. They should have won that game, won it comfortably, and they lost. So I would say they failed. Yeah, I'd uh, agree with that. Mind you, if you look at the pregame expectations, I think they were backed into favourites. Um, but it was it was a sort of an even money game, so it could have gone either way. I'd give Hawthorne a pass, and to use the uni analogy, that was a genuine, gee, my assignment's due tomorrow, I better stay up all night and just <laughs> smash this out in the last <laughs> minute. Yeah, they absolutely. just got it in at the deadline. Like, that's genuine. Uh, I was due at five o'clock. Oh, no, my internet's down. I've just got to get this assignment <laughs> through the portal. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, look, probably really a pass for both sides. If you if you realistically think about it, you're not thinking Essendon are doing too much this year and showed some flashes, but just I guess inexperience in that third quarter, they couldn't shut the floodgates. Um, yeah, which, look, if they managed I, I, to do that, they would have won the game. Yeah, to- toss of the coin for me. I mean, yeah, things happen in the last minute. You know, Essendon could have easily walked away, but you give them both a pass. I mean, yeah, it was line ball at the start, and basically a point the difference can't get much closer than that. So. Pass for me. I'm looking at another high distinction with the Sydney-Brisbane game. Got to give the yep, Swans a agreed. high distinction there. Unbelievable performance that you really would have had to be in a Swans fan to see coming. Yeah, yeah, no arguments here. Like, no buddy, and they do that against Brisbane, who are one of the fancies to sort of be top four. On their uh, own deck. Yeah. It, it, look, going up to Brisbane and beating Brisbane, even when Brisbane were down, could it was it tough assignment and now when they're up to fly up there and, and knock them off uh yeah the high distinction for sydney all the way where hey, do you sit brisbane yeah they, i think they can join geelong and they're off to the coordinator i think after that one yeah, yeah like we said on their home deck you know all the hype about them pre-season didn't take the swan seriously they jumped out of the blocks but then really faded and uh, we haven't seen Sydney kick a score like that in years, so to have it done on your home deck in the first game, that's that's not on Brisbane. You, we'll give them another chance, but they're off to the coordinator just to clear that one up, I think. Yep, I'd be sending them there to pull your socks up. Yep. Uh, your boys, the Roos against the Power, where, where did you have them? Uh, a pass for North and a pass for Port Adelaide. Yeah, uh, I'd be happy with that. If you take out the second quarter, I think... North lost the game by two goals. Not as simple as just taking out a quarter, unfortunately. But with a young side, and I've said this, we're going to show some things, but we're going to have inconsistency and that those quarters are going to happen. Uh, Port got the job done relatively convincingly, but the opposition wasn't... Look, we weren't, we weren't great. We're not going to be great. Uh, so give them a pass for flying over, getting the job done and banking the four points, sitting on top of the ladder. Um Again, the streak continues. They ran one all season last year and they continue to stay on top of the ladder. Um, question without notice here. Did you, you get up out of your seat when uh, Tom Powell just stuck his first one through early in that game? I believe I did. Yep. <laughs> Let's <laughs> off there. I believe I did. Uh, so you would have obviously been travelling home and, and might have caught the end of the Saints-Giants games. Uh, looking down the barrel of the camera, even though we're in a audio uh, medium. Uh, no, look, I'm, I'm happy to give the Saints a distinction for that one. Uh, gritted our teeth in that one, given that we had uh, sort of eight to nine of our best 22 um, out for that game. Uh, you know, we really ground that one out. 
tough game to watch as a Saints fan, but it was a great game if you're a neutral fan because there were that many swings of momentum, three goals here, three goals there, teams hitting the front in the last, lead changes. Uh, I had it all. I was very happy to take the four points out of that one and run. Uh, I think, um, yeah, given that some of the names we had out, basically our, our ruck division and some midfield depth, forward depth, back depth, all over the ground we were affected. So to grind that one out interstate, I'm very happy with that. I'm happy to uh, give us a distinction. And look, I might give the Giants a pass. I think I almost, I almost could fail them, but they did show some quality signs. And I think, yeah, they were probably even on the day more weather affected than us. They didn't get any run out of Josh Kelly. Uh, he wasn't cited that much on the day. Um, stayed with us all day. Really had a chance. I mean, Himmelberg kicks that goal, put some 16 up late in the fourth, and that one's all over. Didn't take their chance, but they showed enough signs that they're going to be a competitive side, particularly at home. So I'll, I'll give them a pass. Yeah, I definitely give St Kilda a distinction, Tom. Uh, and so that is he okay saying that for our yep. Saints uh, listeners out there? Yep. Look, I, t- I thought GWS win more so on the back of going to Sydney and you've got a massive injury list at St Kilda. Like, it, it's massive. You've got Marshall out, Ryder out. Uh, I don't need to tell you, Tom. Hanabry's not there. Uh, yeah, Max King, Brad Crouch, captain, ben Max Patton, King. Jared I don't know Geary. what Max King would have done in the wet, but look, <laughs> there's a lot out is the point. And to yeah. go up there and just bank the four points in a wet slog is a lot more than I expected, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, yep. You can say I expected very little from the Saints. You, you can give me that, but I'm, I'm I'm saying it was a really good performance and a win could set you up for the season. Uh, the lid, dare I say, it will be further off. Uh, I'd almost fail GWS almost on the flip side of what I just said. St Kilda had so many outs; they were coming up. It's at your home deck, and you can't get the four points with a thirty to fourteen free kick differential. Uh, yeah, that's fair, yeah. Don't know how many games you're going to win. Um, although we know GWS to the, was it the Ferrari. They don't they don't sort of travel too well in the wet. Uh, so, look, I, I'd say a fail. And, yeah, Leon Cameron, his, his tenure is in question at this point. Yeah, look, can't argue with that. Might just have that one on repeat, that nice little uh, pat on the back for the Saints there. Let's hope they continue. Uh, over in the West, um, Eagles v Suns. Look, I really wanted to give the Suns a distinction, but I can't just given that they faded that little bit late. Um, they showed some really good signs, played some really good footy, took it up to the Eagles basically for most of the game, but then just in that last half of the last quarter just couldn't make any uh, head of kicking a goal or kicking any sort of score. They could get to about centre-half forward, but no further. Um, just never threatened. So, look, I'll give them a pass. Longest road trip in footy, young side, um, competitive all day. Um, you know, obviously they're building, they don't like those gallant losses, but that was a gallant loss. So I'm happy to give them a pass. And look, the Eagles won. They did what they had to do on their home deck. That wasn't pretty, uh, but they just got the job done and won by four goals, banked four points that they would have expected to win at home. So they're a pass for me. Yeah, I agree. It's a, it's a pass for both. You didn't expect Gold Coast to win that, but certainly played it up and, and gave a fair showing. Uh and West Coast got the job done, not in a super convincing fashion, given Gold Coast aren't expected to do too much this year. But uh, definitely definitely a pass for both sides. Beautiful. Just to, uh, well, flip back onto the uh, the Saints game and free kicks, as we mentioned before, just uh, 
from my uh, knowledge. What did you think of that Callan Ward uh, free kick at the end? Holding the ball in your eyes or just to play on, knocked out of his hands? Uh, so the umpire did declare holding the ball at the time. I've watched this on replay several times. It couldn't have been holding the ball because no tackle was laid. So Look, I probably, and, and, looking back on it, in the moment you, you screamed out ball, but it was a clattering in can I, a wraparound of any sort. Yeah, can, and can I extend that to a lot of decisions that are paid holding the ball when the ball spills out? Holding the ball means they haven't gotten rid of it. Incorrect disposal means they've been tackled, gotten rid of it illegally. illegally yeah. So we get those two mixed up all the time, but it doesn't matter because... They're both free kicks and it's just in the grey. In my mind and my understanding and knowledge of the rule, having watched football for the best part of 32 years, give myself a few early years there, (laughs) uh, no tackle was laid, therefore no free kick and it's just play on. So I've I've seen Buddy, he kicked playing for Sydney, kicked an absolute ripper where he got it on the boundary line I think it was Talia again. I forget though. And he ran around. He took a bounce. He took another bounce and lost possession of the ball and then picked it up and then went in and kicked the goal. Now, that's incorrect disposal as well because he's bounced it. He hasn't kicked it, hasn't handballed it. But what, like, show me the difference. If, if that's considered incorrect disposal, if I run through a pack and I pick it up and someone bumps me and it spills out, that's a free kick. Because it's the exact same thing that happened to Callum Ward. Because prior opportunity is if you get tackled and he didn't get tackled. You look at it as much as it pains me. I think that that's uh, that's a fair analysis of that uh, that incident. I mean, if you look at any sort of centre clearance situation, players are grabbing it, getting knocked, ball spills out, the next bloke goes in to grab it, the ball just pinging around. So yeah, so the fifty that happens and bang, it's a free yeah. kick. AFL is always happy for the ball to keep moving, so they don't pay it at other parts of the ground so long as the ball's still moving. Uh, this one looked probably particularly worse because Kellen Ward did, you know, went, went Rafa Clark style and just took a stroll. He did have a Sunday stroll. He should Butler have. will get you. Uh, it looked a hell of a lot worse than ultimately what I'm basing the decision on in my head, but here's where I think the whole thing has fallen down massively. I have an opinion. You can have an opinion. Another bloke in the 13th row can have an opinion. And another bloke in front of us in the 11th row has an opinion. And they're all different. And the AFL can come out and argue that every single one of them is correct depending on what mood they're in and how the decision went. So there's a problem with the rules. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. That grey that we can all have an opinion that's different. The umpire can make a decision. And then the AFL can back that decision in because of XYZ, ignoring ABC at the same time. That's where that's where the rule is is wrong, or the way it's written is wrong. Now I should say St Kilda was still ahead when it happened, uh, and got the rough end of the stick. So I'm also declaring it didn't affect the result. I just think it's madness. Everyone wants to debate whether it was a right or wrong free kick, and we always get caught up in the moment, in the now. Was it right? Was it wrong? But it's the the bigger picture of that's going to happen in a grand final. And we're still not going to know whether it is or isn't a free kick. And what's going to happen is the umpire is going to go, oh, it's the last 10 minutes of the game. I'm not, playing, I'm not paying free kicks. That's what they want. They want me to let them play. And then they're going to go, right, but at this stage of this game, it was a free kick. Like, what's the difference? So yeah, that's, right. that's I mean, where that, it breaks down. Yeah, that's, you are on fire tonight, mate. There's just some quality analysis going all over here. Um, 
Oh, yeah, fully fully agree with you there. I mean, yeah, just the fact that the AFL uh, can set themselves up to have four interpretations of the same incident sort of covers their back in any situation. Plus, there's probably things overriding, dif- you know, different rules overriding different rules from previous years. It's just, yeah, <laughs> try watching our game or introducing someone to this game. It, it, you, we've watched it for 30 years and we still are getting these nuances. But if you came in as a unknown fan you'd be like what what does all this mean it's a crazy situation don't know how you fix it we're not looking at that now but we just want some consistency and maybe a couple of interpretations just sharpened up so that at least we can get the four down to two yeah um, yeah you know, at least have two opinions of yeah one eight, maybe one each team. Yep. yeah yeah a hundred percent agree there's one rule change i haven't put this on our little rundown but not rule change, just a rule that doesn't exist anymore for the sake of free-flowing football, and it drives me nuts. How long do you have to kick for it to be a mark, Tom? Uh, 15 metres. And how often do you have to bounce the ball? Uh, 10, isn't it? 10 15. or 15? Here's the point. It's the exact same distance. You're taking your kick out. You hit that little short one down the middle. Mark, go back. Right, fair enough. Because the man on the mark has to stand 15 metres back and they stand even further back, players are playing on and running further than where the kicks are going being paid marks and then kicking the ball. They're never being called for running too far. Running too far doesn't exist unless you run really too far. You have to run about 35 metres. I watched, I think it was Motlop on the weekend, take a bounce just outside 50 and kick a goal from 25 metres out. That's 27 metres he's run. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'm no, just that, looking that, at it going, too far, too far. I get why you don't pay it. I get why it looks better having free-flowing game and, and obviously a bounce slows players down. Why don't we just say it's only once every 25 metres? Like, I'd, I'd be happy with that. I, I know what you mean because I guess, you know, certain players as well, I think we've seen Nick Nat you know, go for a run and his long strides. I mean, he gets 30 metres before he bounces it and it just looks natural. I mean, they're visually watching the game there is a natural point where you're like it's too far but geez i wouldn't say it's the same for each player i'm with you i reckon yeah 25 is pretty measurable i think the umps are pretty sharp with where things are marked on you know with the different grass shadings and whatever so i I, look i don't mind it 25 it's definitely noticeable more so being at the ground and i guess as a north supporter i was looking for anything to uh anything to hang my hat on and, and yeah motlop definitely ran too far in that instance but that's all right We'll live for another day. Uh, now, let's let's just wrap it up with a bit of rapid fire, Tom. A few things that we want to get into that if we really did get into, we'd be here all night. Uh, and Yeah, you're three hours you mentioned before, so we'll, we'll, we'll cut it short with some of this, I think. That's it. So a bit of rapid fire. I don't have a sting for it. I'm sorry. Uh, but let's go. You happy with the Blues to keep the round one opener? Uh, yeah, look, it feels like they're basically, you know, they're getting closer and closer. I know the margin was one point different last year. They do feel like they're building, you know, you take it off them. They're probably due to give the Tigers a bit of a shake. I'm happy for them to hold on to it, uh, for, for one more, one more season. But, uh, yeah, I mean, how many chances can you give them? Yeah, I'm not. I, um, I heard this idea during the week. Top Victorian sides from last year play the opener. Top interstate sides play the opening Friday night game. Well, I don't mind that. That's that's sharp. I'd be happy with that. Yep. So you still get your big game in Melbourne and you get another big blockbuster on the Friday night and you just move on like that. It doesn't necessarily predicate a grand final rematch, but you certainly get 
um, a couple of blockbusters to open the year with. Uh, uh, I like it, mate. I've got one for you. Oscar Allen, your man. Big future ahead of him after a great yep. start to 2021. Yep, he'll be captain soon. He's just a star. He um, cannot speak highly enough of, of, of the kid. And uh, all raps over there. We probably don't hear it too much over here in, in Victoria, in the heartland of, of the VFL, AFL. Uh, but no, he'll he'll be captain very soon of, of West Coast and and is an out and out star. Are you excited for the big Budwa? He he will he'll play this week, Tom. I've, yeah, I've no, heard it. Uh, I'm breaking it now. He, he's coming. No, he's there. Played in the twos over the weekend and showed enough. I mean, you don't have Buddy in the twos for two weeks. So no, I'm I'm pumped. It's great for footy. He. he just brings an aura to the game. I know particularly now at the back end of his career, you know, we've got to savour the moments we've got him out there. I think back on the home deck, the SCG, it doesn't get better than that. Sydney up and about, I think, you know, the kids there have shown plenty and they're going to probably play at another level with big Budweiser running around for them. It, it's great for footy seeing Buddy out there. Uh, that is until he probably kicks a game winner against the Saints who seem to be our bogey team. But no, it's, it's great for footy having him back. That's good for the family though, Tom. The old family derby. Yeah. Uh, now, <laughs> saying it's great to have footy back. I went along on on Sunday at Marvel Stadium. You would have seen the ads. They've had. They've got two dollar pies, Tom. Well, there you go. Two dollar yeah. pies. Do you know how they're subsidising this? The price of every other item of food has gone up. Extra. Uh, what about exorbitantly? You reckon? Exorbitantly. Oh, exorbitantly. Yeah. So, the cokes have gone up seventy cents. Chips. So what I would normally get is a bucket yeah. of chips and a Coke. That's my go-to. Yeah, classic footy meal. it's costing me footy combo. $2 something more than what it would last year. So that's about 20%. It was about 10 bucks last year. Now it's $12 something. It was already expensive last year, but I'm off it. I'm, I'm taking a bag in. They can search me all they want. I'm taking... I'm taking snacks in. That you're not trusting like, a $2 pie doesn't, doesn't entice you at that price? Never been a pie at the footy, man. Just not for me. Uh, so there's a tip for you when you get along to Spud's game on, on Saturday, Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday night I'll be there. Yeah, yep. sure. yeah, yep. yeah. Take something, your back pocket, just take it in. Don't don't hand over any of your cash. <laughs> oh, that's smart. Um, one I noticed, uh, given my love of watching what teams wear and, and the, the jumper policy, just noticed the uh, Dogs and Giants with no back sponsor. So... Wondering, is it poor or do we, we give them a bit of time? I know teams do take a while to sort of finalise these deals. I mean, it was a bit of a throwback. Uh, particularly that dog's jumper looked like something straight out of the 70s or 80s and it actually didn't look half bad without a big yellow mission yeah. sponsor on the back. But, um, you know, mate, I, I, the AFL will never do it now because they're cramming the sponsors on there even more. But, geez, it would, wouldn't be bad to see at least around with the sort of throwbacks. You know, NFL style, no sponsors anywhere on the Guernseys. But, uh, yeah, dogs are giants. Everyone else is doing it. I think uh, get that sorted and get it done quick. Yeah, I think the Giants in particular should have one because they're just they're propped up on AFL money. So yeah, <laughs> you'd that, like to right. think you can get a sponsor, especially in Sydney. There's a, there's a few people that live up there. Now, did you catch any of Clarko's post-game press conference? I know you're not a fan of the deflector. No, I'm not No, no not a huge fan of the deflector, but his, his post-game media conferences can change our great game week to week, so they are good viewing. Didn't quite catch this one, but what did you see? Well, this is the all-time great deflection, I think. I think this is better than anything he's ever done. Now <laughs> He's done some good ones in his time. Oh, they've had a big win. Right, they've come back from 40 points down. I've been told from some Bombers fans in the know what the game Probably could have been more, and they've come back and won. Uh, and here's the question. 
and and it's around the sub and debutante, you know, getting a game. Obviously, you pick the three debutantes. Connor Downey doesn't get a run in the end. How does this sit with you in terms of philosophically a guy not playing his debut? Is Clarko's response? Did somebody say KFC? As you know, I don't care. I oh, can't even believe so Clarko would watch TV enough to not even know that reference, but that is that is deflecting at its best. I think the other 17 coaches just need to watch that tape and just learn from the master because, geez, that's taking heat out of it. That's, yeah, I think KFC uh, got to jump on that and get Clarko a little sponsorship. That is, get, that, It was a brilliant response to it. Like, why, <laughs> he's just won the game by a point. You want to know if he's done the right thing with the sub, like... Oh, they were, they're on uh, fire with a bit of comedy, the uh, the Hawks. I don't know if you saw McAvoy who got pinged for a throw and yes. yelled at the umpire, I tap it for a living, I know what I'm doing. So yeah, they're a bit, bit sharp out at Waverley this year. Umpire didn't know didn't know what to say. Not <laughs> what to say there. Uh, um, do you have any worries uh, after Frio's performance? I know you've you've been pretty keen on them in the preseason. Early days, but, you know... At, are you worried at all? Any yeah. worrying signs there? Well, lack of a forward line, which I knew was their one, their biggest downfall, and that, that reared its ugly head. Obviously, Walters helps. He is a star. Uh, but look, if I was being honest, Tom, I'd probably say I'd rather have snuck Sydney in to my eight than Freo with the way they went on the weekend. But look, I'll stick I'll stick it out with, with the, the, doc, the Dockers. Um, I, I still think they've got a gun mids. Great sort of young cord building up there and and a good coach in Longview who I think can get it right. Uh, now, just tell me this story. AFL, this is my note here. I'm, I'm reading this straight off the page. Listeners, AFL players and nights out, pro or against, in brackets, Tom has scoop. In quotation marks. I don't know if you'd uh, quite call it a scoop. And I don't know if I'm going to show my uh, age here. Just thought it was interesting. Had my um, lovely sister's 30th on the weekend. Happy birthday, uh, Liv. They, yep, shout out for Liv there, who was uh, watching us do our live video, which was a lot of fun, by the way. Uh, we're going to do that again this week. Uh, anyway, yeah, so we're at the SB in St Kilda, uh, having a drink to celebrate for Livy's birthday. In walks uh, half a, a dozen to a dozen doggies players uh, getting on the beers, having some shots, having a good night out. I feel a bit old saying I was surprised to see the boys out having a drink. I know they played on the Friday and it was a Saturday night, but just I'm not sure where the line stands on, you know, players going out in season having a drink. Like, obviously, human beings, they can do whatever they want. Uh, but, yeah, the professionalism side, I don't know. I'm not sure where I sit with it, but it was interesting. And uh, can name names if you want, but there were, there was a fair throng of them there. Uh, some nicer to your average punter saying hello than others, but um, yeah, I, I just thought it, I just thought it was interesting. I know you know, obviously your Roo boys made an art out of it in the nineties out of out of the uh, the Friday night here, Saturday night drink. Um, given you played a lot of Friday nights there, pioneers, uh, probably the nicest Roo thing I'll say in this podcast. Uh, but yeah, look in this modern day. Do you see players getting out and getting on the drink, um, you know, in season? I, I, I'm not sure where my head lies, but I'm probably lying on the what are they doing side of it, to be honest. Oh, I think you've lost touch with the common man, Tom. A few lads <laughs> out for a beer, nothing wrong with that. Uh, I, 
without having seen them, and, and I'm guessing, was, was Bont the orchestrator of this night? Uh, Bont was there, but he was probably yeah, uh, pretty well behaved, leading the charge, I guess, nah, from the well, front, Carey style. He would have got the boys together, but obviously kept himself in a nice shape to look after them all. Uh, look, if they're doing it every Saturday night, then that's potentially going to become an issue later down the year because in this day and age you open yourself up to absolutely anything when you're out doing that uh if it's just bringing the boys together for this weekend i don't have a huge problem with it but look yeah look maybe maybe it's my anti-dogs because i know like oh, a few years ago anti-dogs <laughs> maybe a few years ago i think uh, a couple of them saying cordy and maybe was it Tom Boyd had a blue? So I, maybe I just have a distrust of these dogs' piss ups, but uh, I don't know. Anyway, was, um, was Lockie Hunter there? Uh, no, I don't think I saw Lockie Hunter there. Yeah. Well, fun fact: this is this is my version of a scoop. You can tell I live a not quite as an exciting life as Tom going out to the ESPY on a Saturday night. I um I met Lockie Hunter's grandmother last week, who was buying some old pots from the back of my house. Just sold on Marketplace, and we were just talking, and she said, oh, my grandson plays for the Western Bulldogs. I've gone, who? Oh, Lockie Hunter. And I didn't say anything, because in my head, I'm like, oh, he's the one who crashed his car and got drunk last year. And I just said, oh, he's a good player. Didn't say anything more than that. Uh, nah, you you got to do that with the grandma. That's well played. Oh, she was lovely, and she was about to hand me some cash, so I probably would have told her anything. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I think he was obviously one of those dogs racking it up, but uh, yeah, maybe after last year, just just cleaned up the act a bit. There, there's another one about the dogs. That's why I've got the distrust. I I, I don't like uh, players are welcome to go out for a beer. Maybe I'll rechange my tune on that one. But yeah, just just not the dogs. Just not the dogs. You know, they've they've got priors. Yeah, fair, fair enough, Tom. Collingwood do too, so I shouldn't just throw it at the dogs. And I'll I'm sure every it. club's had issues and most of them swept under the rug. We're getting off track. It's been another good episode, Seb. My word, it has, Tom. It, it is great to catch up with you and talk footy every week. Beautiful, and we'll look forward to the next episode and going live on Thursday. Another great initiative for Paul Grows Back. We'll catch you then. Yep, Instagram Live Thursday. 